What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the question and answer podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with your own questions about faith, about morality, about virtue, about discipleship, catechesis, relationships, whatever it is, I will sit with them, I will study them, I will pray with them, I will talk with my friends about them, and hopefully I will get back to you with some advice that is helpful for you to grow in holiness, to grow in discipleship, to mature in your relationship with God and your journey toward heaven. If you're a first-time listener, you came up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.gotasitchapress.com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. So uh, if the show's been good for you, helpful for you in any way, Maybe it might be helpful for other people too in the wider Christian community out there in the world and social media. On today's show, once again, we are joined by my dear, good friend, Sister Josephine. Bakita, I mean, Bakita, Sister Josephine Garrett. Really? My bad. (laughs) Although I love Josephine Bakita. Yes, yeah, you do love her and she loves you, but you are not her and she is not you. Uh, (laughs) um, Sister Josephine, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Father. And it's so fun it is with you. It is fun. It is fun. Uh, we're going to retitle the show, um, not abiding together, but how about we do remaining together uh, with Father Josh and <laughs> Sister Josephine. And uh, and we'll invite Michelle, Heather, and Sister Miriam on the show. To just remain with to us. To remain with us. Uh, <laughs> and instead of doing a glory story, we'll do the the, t- the two things. No, oh, the do, one do, thing. Yeah, we'll do two things. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm, 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 we don't want to copy. Yeah. Who um if, if we Who would you say... Out of the three of them, I'm more like, and I'm going to say who I think you're more like. You are more like Michelle. <laughs> She's going to love that because that's, that's what she says, too. You're more uh, like Michelle. Her husband says that as well. Her husband, Chris, and I are friends. And so he says hanging out with me is like being around Michelle. Uh, because like Michelle, I, I've been on the show a few times. And you've been on as well. Uh, they have like the one thing. I'm like, well, I got a bunch of things. I got, I got this. I got that. Yes. I got this. I got that. Mind and heart are always very full. Yes. They're, they're, there's always a lot going on. Um, I, I would say you're more like a mix of... Heather and Sister Miriam. I believe that, yeah. Yes, and so uh, I'll let them know, and so and I can't wait to invite them to our show, remaining together with Father Josh and his friend. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, and her, down and her, that girl. What's her name? His companion. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me tell you something. It is wonderfully humbling. <laughs> Your friend, <laughs> but I go places with Father Josh. It's like I'm a shadow. And then <laughs> one time we were that one time, a few times we've been out to eat in Texas and in Louisiana, um, and it's just been fr- so so funny. Uh, the the waiter or the waitress uh, <laughs> attends gloriously to every not even tangible need, but potential need that father has. And meanwhile, <laughs> my water glass is on empty. <laughs> they don't even ask. I'm looking for my food, <laughs> but it's such as life. <laughs> that, is, that, that is like, but recently you had, when we were at the National Black Catholic Congress, for the very first time in the history of our friendship, the waiter was more attentive to you he was. than to me. He was. And I threw my hands in the air in victory and shouted for joy, literally. <laughs> it was a great moment. And so, uh, yeah, on today's show, we're not going to be talking about the attention or lack of attention uh, we get from our waiters or waitresses. <laughs> we're going to be talking about death <laughs> and and mm. why it can be so scary. Uh, but before we get into that topic, I want to invite Sister Josephine to share with us a glory story. 
Right now, okay. I'm just all right. Hey, okay. This is Josephine. What's the, hey. what's the glory story for the day? Oh. <laughs> Could um, we like the party? <laughs> so, okay. Today's glory story because we're talking about death. I automatically think of one of our sisters who has now gone to Jesus, Sister Lillian, and Sister Lillian was in her 90s, just a very like charismatic woman. Like on feast days and birthdays, when we would pray for her and celebrate her, she would always stand up and give a speech. And it was always full of like charisma. And I mean, she, you could tell she had spent a lot of time in the South because she would sound like a Baptist preacher when she was giving us a speech. And so what was the speech? I mean, it was all, it was always different, but it always ended with, and I want you to know that I pray for you. And when I pray for you, I place you in the rainbow of God's love. The rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) It's what she would say. The covenant. The covenant rainbow. The covenant and rainbow. Yeah, the rainbow of the covenant. And so Sister Lillianne was not afraid to die. Like she waited with joyful expectancy for the day. And as a retired sister, you know, slightly infirm, she wasn't rural sick. She just had some walking things. Um, She spent about six hours a day in the chapel. She had this long list of folks she would pray for all day by name and by intention. And once my best friend and her husband added someone to the list who had been hurt in the spine and was not supposed to walk again. And he walked again. Oh, wow. And I remember they came and brought Sister Lillian flowers and a gift. And they were like kneeling before her. Like he walked again and she just tapped. She tapped my best friend's husband on his shoulder. and She said, how nice to hear. And then she walked off. <laughs> it was like, of course he walked again, you know. Um, oh, so Sister I Lillian. That. I love that. One day she was getting up from watching the news and Sister Monica, who ran the infirmary, went to remind her of an appointment for the next day. And so she said, Sister Lillian, you have a doctor's appointment. I want you to remember for the morning. And Sister Lillian looked at her and said, do we really need to go? It is okay if I die. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Sister Monica said, no, no, sister, it's for your hearing aids. And Sister Lillian said, okay, then I will go. <laughs> She wanted to be able to hear. Because she wanted to hear all the tea in the yeah, convent. she wanted to be able to hear. And so to hear the news, she always liked to watch the news at night. And so the day that she died, you know, the sisters, when a sister's dying, we gather around her bed and pray the prayers for a dying sister. Uh, so there's prayers before she dies and there are prayers for at the moment of her death. And so the sisters finished praying the prayers 
And when they came to walk out in our convent, you've been there in Grand Prairie, there's like walls of windows. Mm -hmm. And when they came out from the infirmary and looked out, there was a rainbow in the sky. Oh, wow. It's like I said, Benedict and Sister St. Scholastica. Yeah. So that's the glory story that Sister Lillian had just reached a point in her faith, you know, where she was so assured of the resurrection that she did not fear death. And in a way she anticipated, while she loved her life, she anticipated it with joy as an extension of her life. So more like I love a door. That. Yeah. What a great glory story. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's jump into today's show. So the question was a very straightforward question today is why is death scary? And I'm a storyteller. I tell people, sometimes people come to me for counseling or for spiritual direction or pastor counseling, whatever it might be. And I communicate best through stories. I'm like, let me tell you a few stories. It's like Jesus. Oh, because you know know whose body I'm a part of. What? Jesus. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I I am the body of Jesus. And so are you. And so are you. But um, (laughs) so I tell stories. I'm going to tell a few stories and then that's going to help us help me at least articulate what I want to articulate. And then Josephine is going to share what she's going to share. And we're going to go back and forth. But a few stories, one about just a death story, as you were talking about sister, I was reminded, you know, pastor of Sacred Heart now, but before this, uh, I was pastor of a church called Holy Rosary in Santa Monica, Louisiana. You've been there as well. You gave a woman's retreat uh, mm-hmm. or a, a woman's night. You gave it a talk. It yeah. was re- really great. So I heard because I wasn't able to be there. Yeah, and I took a retreat there because you had a retreat center. Oh, there. yeah. Wendy led you. Wendy led my oh, retreat. Wendy, she is a delight. She's yes. so good. We love Wendy. Mm-hmm. Um, Wendy's the best. So what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. My bad. I hold the rosary. <laughs> uh, so one of our parishioners, she was like a matriarch in the, in the parish. She uh-huh. would come to uh, daily mass and, and obviously Sunday mass. And uh, at her funeral, there was multiple priests. Uh, all, all the previous pastors who were still living came mm-hmm. to her funeral. Uh, she was just one of those people. But it was she was also hilarious. She was so funny because she would just say it like it is. And so we were, her family uh, were gathered around her, you know, her bed uh, at her home. And, and she kept saying, I'm ready to go to the other side. And they were like, okay, okay, mom, just go. You can go. God's, God's waiting for you. And she had received all the sacraments and she was ready. And they're like, you can go. She said, I'm ready to go to the other side. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go. You can go. We'll let you go. She said, she said, shut up. I'm ready to be turned over on the other side of the bed. Stop <laughs> it. And they were like, oh, my bad, mom. <laughs> so, uh, but no, but she also, she wasn't, she wasn't afraid to die. And so I think just to start off, I think one of the reasons why death can be scary, because it's not scary for everybody. So I think the, the question is, is for why is death scary for you would be the, the, the more appropriate question mm. probably, because for some people, death is not scary. Some people look forward to death in, in the most um, hopeful way, way, appropriate yeah. way possible, mm-hmm. because they want to, they recognize that we were not created for this world. You know, I'm, I'm the chaplain for Vagabond Missions. Uh, I'm on the board as well. And Vagabond, when we say that, people think we're talking about the teens, uh, vagabonds are not the teens. 
Vagabond is the missionaries mm. because the missionaries are supposed to recognize that like Jesus didn't have a place to, 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 to lay his head because this is not his home. His home is obviously uh, with the Father um, and, and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Uh, our home is heaven. Our home is heaven. And so we're vagabond missionaries because we're never going to be content until we're saints in heaven. And we're never going to be content until we have formed saints in heaven as well. And so I think it's important to, to, to make a distinction between, yes, death doesn't feel right because it's not natural for mm. anybody. Because in the beginning, in the beginning... What song is that? That's Audrey Assad uh, from uh, that her her last like Christian album she came out with. Oh, okay. But uh, you <clears throat> hovered over the waters. I mm-hmm. didn't hear mm-hmm. it. You something something. So in the beginning it wasn't so like like Jesus says in the beginning like divorce wasn't thing right like when they asked him a question about divorce and remarriage said in the beginning it wasn't so. Uh, in the beginning death wasn't supposed to be part of the original plan, and so I think. Just like when we recognize things as humans, like that wasn't supposed to be that way. Um, that's not supposed to, sp- like, that's how you know something's wrong with your health. Like, whenever something like Period that was happens, not just- supposed to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the bathroom, you're like, wait, that is not supposed to look like there that. There it is. There it is. One I of my it. cousins once, <laughs> my cousin who I'll, I'll talk about eventually, my cousin Dean, before um, he's now deceased, God to the Lord. But my uncle came out of the bathroom once. Dean came to the living room. He said, y'all, is Uncle Billy sick? And we were like, Dean, why are you asking that? And he was like, did you smell the bathroom? <laughs> it's <laughs> not supposed like, to smell. It's, <laughs> it's not supposed to smell good ever, oh but it ain't gosh. supposed to smell like that. <laughs> <laughs> Only Dean. So I think I think for all of us, and we can d- get into this, is, is we are aware innately that this isn't supposed to be this way. But um, I think some people aren't afraid of death. You know, I remember I, I visited, you were talking about your community, the Holy Family Sister of Nazareth. I was visiting with the Nashville Dominicans years ago and a sister just passed away by the time I got to the convent and they threw a party. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, man, they must have not liked that sister because they threw a whole party after she died. <laughs> but then I realized they threw a party because they were celebrating the fact that the bride was now being drawn by the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, to the, yeah. to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And that's what we're all created for. We're not created for this world. And so whether we are in this world for uh, a few seconds or a few minutes or a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, few or, or many years, this is not our home. Our, our, our home is supposed to be heaven. And, and so there's um, there are reasons why some people, I think, fear death. And I think some people might fear death because of an uncertainty about salvation, right? Um, is that I I haven't repented of all my sins, maybe. There there might be relationships that haven't been reconciled, and we don't want to leave before we can address those. I mean, what do you think, sister? I think when I saw the question, why is death scary? Like, my first thought was, is it fear? But as I'm listening to you now, um, because so I have some things I want to say, but I also have something I want to say, like, as I'm listening to you, that, like, it's like, yes, fear that is, you know, is salvation for me, but also I think like a worry that like, have I been a good steward of my life? Like, has my life had meaning? Mm-hmm. And so I think wondering like, has there been time to create and leave a legacy can also have someone fearful to go to death. Like I'm not done yet, mm. or I don't feel like my life has been what it ought to be yet. And even that kind of, I think, and FOMO, fear, fear, fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out on, on my children yeah, and grandchildren's lives. I don't want to miss lives. out on what comes. And so some of that is like, then we can ask the question, like, if those things are true, like if your death at this point means that your life does not have the meaning it ought to, 
or that you haven't had the opportunity to leave the legacy that you would want or that you will somehow become absent spiritually, you know, um, then we would ask the question, like, how does that apply to, like, the generosity of God the Father? Like, he's mm. he's abundantly generous, and so he can do a whole lot with our small offering. So if you think, like, my life hasn't had much meaning or I haven't had a chance to create and leave the legacy I would have hoped to create, um, God has always done a lot with a very small amount. And so I think it's just to think, like, what can God do with what you have been able to offer? But when I heard the question, my first answer was a question, like, are we dealing with fear? Is death scary or does death make us angry? Mm. You know, because there is, like you're saying, it was not supposed to be. And so there's an, in, there's an injustice in it because we were not created to die. So we might need to forgive Adam and Eve because if it weren't for them, <laughs> if it wasn't them, it would have been somebody else. <laughs> or like accept the appropriate response of frustration in the face of sickness mm-hmm. and death. Like frustration is an appropriate response to infirmity. Mm-hmm. Like and frustration is an appropriate response as we lose these people who we got to love. Yeah, because we're grieving. Uh, yeah, and especially like if we're losing them and it seems unfair and wrong, like we just... In our community, we buried a 26-year-old sister not long ago yeah, in recently, the last yeah. year. Yeah, and it's like, that that's not, it doesn't feel just. Mm-hmm. And it's appropriate to feel angry and frustrated and upset about that. And it's, and it's appropriate to, to, to cry because Jesus Christ himself, he wept, he wept when his yeah. friend Lazarus died. Yeah, and so I guess I would encourage anyone who's maybe feeling guilty about feeling scared, angry, frustrated in the face of death to not complicate um, and make more complex your feelings by f- feeling guilty about your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we can complicate our experience by not accepting where we are. And so it's an appropriate response because death was not supposed to be in the world. And when Christ, the way that God chose to conquer death was mm-hmm. not by removing the experience. Yeah. So we still have to undergo that natural consequence. And then God has conquered it because it's not the final say. Right. Like death is not, not the, the final end. say. So that's what I wanted to offer on that. I don't know if it's fear as more frustration and anger, but that's an appropriate response in the face of death. It's awful. And death is the fruit of sin entering the world. And so we get to experience some frustration with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whenever we... Like you're saying with sin, whenever we engage in sin, sin brings death into our relationships today, right? Like, like Absolutely, like various forms of death. And so we, because Christ conquered death, we throughout our life, I heard someone else say this, this isn't mine. We try to go about dying like Christ each day throughout our life. Yes. And so that way when it comes time to die, We've done a good amount of dying. And also with <laughs> that, know? right? So uh, we, in the Catholic Church, oftentimes we pray to St. Joseph for a, a happy death. Mm-hmm. And a happy death is not a death without pain. It's not a death without suffering. It's not a death, um, it's not a death when we're sleeping, right? Uh, a happy death is a holy death. And a holy death is a death that is united to Jesus Christ. And so Joseph, we believe, was surrounded by Mary and Jesus as he, as he died, 
Um, and which so is that's the happiest what, of deaths, which yeah. is happy. And he, he could have suffered severely, but he had them with him. He was in communion with, Je- with Jesus and Mary. And so we can be in communion with Jesus and Mary as well, whenever we are preparing to enter into eternity, uh, both by the way that we live our life. Am I living in the sacraments life of the church? Um, and the way that we prepare for death, which is like, is it a custom in my family whenever a loved one is sick or approaching like serious illness to call for the priest to receive the sacraments? So we, we, John 6 is very clear. John 6, Jesus Christ says, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have what? Life. Eternal life. Yeah. And so for us to believe that he's not a liar, to make sure our, our, our loved ones, if possible, my sister, I was able, you know this story, sister, but my, mm-hmm. my sister, she tried to become Catholic when she was younger, and the priest, because of his brokenness, pushed her away from the church for unjust reasons. And so she said, I would never become Catholic after she was humiliated by this, this Catholic priest. Uh, and so on her, as she, she got cancer, and so in the hospital, and then in hospice, I was able to administer to her the sacrament of confirmation, um, I was able to give her the, the the last rites. She was able to receive the Eucharist mm-hmm. the day she passed away. And so I have this very profound, clear hope that my sister is in heaven because mm-hmm. the Lord is not a liar. She received the sacraments. And so for us to make sure that we aren't waiting too late to call for the priest, because again, absolution is real. Like whenever we offer those sacraments um, within last rites, they are real graces that the Lord applies to the individual that helps the individual become a saint. But you mentioned yesterday when we were talking that there's one more sacrament that's really important for us to make sure our loved ones receive before they receive Holy Communion, before they receive reconciliation, and before they receive confirmation. It's baptism. Yeah. Like even if you have, and so as you were talking, I was thinking like two things. One, like I tell my best friend is away from the church. And so I used to always say like, I need to, I'm going to die before you die so I don't have to deal with living, you know, without you in the world. And now I realize I can't because someone needs to be there in the middle of that mess to look and say, would you like to see a priest and come back to the church? And so I think to not be shy with our loved ones, to invite them to the sacraments if they're sick and nearing death, like don't wait for them to ask. Even if they're not Catholic, I can't tell you how many people as a pastor I've visited right before they passed away and they converted at the last moment. Yeah, so And so, so don't if you have a shy. loved one who's not Catholic, still say like, can a priest come and talk to you at least? Because yeah. I, I, I bet on a, they will be more open when they're closer to death to receive the sacraments than they Absolutely. were while they were uh, thriving on earth. Also, if we're calling, like the priest is a sign of, the priest, right, is in the person of Christ. Christ is the face of the Father and like the enfleshed union of love in the Trinity. And so if we're calling the priest, that means we're calling the love of the Trinity to this person who is sick and dying. We need to live that as well. Mm-hmm. And so like to live the effects and truths of those sacraments. And so to make amends. But I just, I guess I want to encourage, I feel called to like encourage us to live making amends today as if today is the day we're going to die. Come on. So the apology that I'm holding off giving because, you know, I'm prideful or the amends I'm waiting to make because it costs too much. It feels too much like a spiritual death to make that amends. Um, Those things need to happen as well. The appropriate moments of reconciliation and making amends in our families and in our relationships 
Um, so to like to live the effects of the sacrament. So if we're calling the priest to come and anoint and hear the confession and um, receive, you know, provide the Eucharist, that, that we live that as well um, in our human relationships where the love of Christ dwells, abides, and spreads. Um, but the sacrament of baptism. So we, uh, my sisters, some of my sisters are chaplains in the hospital that we have in Tyler. And there are multiple times where like, in an, you know, it was emergency, there was someone dying and they received the sacrament of baptism. For me, my cousin, I had a cousin who died when he was 36. He was sick his whole life. And 36 was long for him to live with the type of sickness that he had. And so when I got, I was a, I was an affiliate with the sisters at the time, like a candidate. And I got to Houston um, to go to his funeral. And I don't know if I just hadn't paid much attention. I had seen, you know, a number of Pauls placed on a coffin in the past, but we were in the entrance of the church. And as the Paul was placed, the priest was really explaining, like, we're putting his baptismal garment on him again. Mm. And I just was like, oh, my goodness. Like, from the moment Dean was baptized, we knew, like, who Dean belonged to, where Dean was tending towards. He was on loan to us. And so that moment, it was just such a catechetical moment for me. I was crying so hard. And my eldest brother was like, are you okay? I was like, get away from me. Just let me have this moment with God. Go. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was just such an indication to me. Like it deepened my faith and gratitude for the sacrament of baptism um, and its effect of incorporating us into the body of Christ. So where Christ goes, we go too. Mm. And Christ went to his death. And he went um, on to the resurrection. And so he takes us with him. And so, yeah, I just think the sacrament of baptism in this topic of death is so key. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. So hopefully that was helpful. We're going to go take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the saint or future saint for the show. Hi, I'm Father Gregory Pine. I'm Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And we're the hosts of Catholic Classics. Join us for season two of the podcast, where we will read and explain the Confessions by St. Augustine. So the Confessions, it's a classic. We all know that. But why read it? In this book, St. Augustine testifies to God's power, God's ability to draw him from a life of sin and error into a life of holiness and of genuine service of God's people. And not only are the confessions a testimony to St. Augustine's life, but also a testimony to the way by which God works in each of our lives, bringing us from our sin to a life of holiness, drawing us ever more and more into God's very own life. To follow along, you can find the reading plan at ascensionpress.com slash catholicclassics. And we are back. Just a quick reminder, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and uh, critiques at www.ascensionpress.com slash Josh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. If the show's been good for you, it might be good for other people as well. And now we are at the point in our show where we're going to talk about the saint or future saint for the day. So I'm going to let you guess today okay. uh, who, who this this person might be or no they don't they're not might be this person who this person is all right so uh, this person is somebody who was committed to a daily holy hour every day from the time they were in formation uh, to the time they died 
Oscar Romero. Oscar Romero is a great guest, and I do love me some Oscar Romero. Uh, he is a great movie about his life, um, <laughs> uh, but not not him. So this person was a person who traveled the world um, raising money for missions, uh, specifically missions that um, aided children in Africa. I was going to say Mother Teresa, but then you threw me with the Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have another guess. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one last guess then. Uh, this is a person who had um, a falling out with another member of the body of Christ. Uh, they were I both the successors tea. to the apostles. Um, and uh, so they were they were bishops. Uh, and and one bishop did not, did not like him. And even I will, I will read to you what this bishop <laughs> said to him. Here, here's where the tea comes Why in. Why do you have the tea? You know what? It was a, it was a public fallout. But it's like, you know, like St. Paul. St. Paul and Barnabas, they had a falling out. So this happens in the body of Christ. I think St. John the 23rd did not like St. Padre Pio. When they study so us, when they this, study our times, they're going to see all our falling outs happening on, on uh, Twitter. This, you, you and I have never had a falling out on no, Twitter. No, I mean like us as a Catholic people. Oh, I know, I know. It's going to be great for, for the story. So... <laughs> Uh, here, here's what the other uh, person who was a successor to the apostles said to this person. Okay. All right. The quote is this. The person said, I will get even with you. It may take six months or 10 years, but everyone will know what you are like. <laughs> <laughs> I would have stitched that on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> That's something you would say. <laughs> I will get even come what may. So you um, know it's a man, you know it's the guy's a bishop. Uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Archbishop Fulton Sheen, venerable, <laughs> venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, hopefully soon to be blessed. Uh, so the reason why I picked him specifically for today's show, um, it, it was because of the way he died. Uh, hmm. So he had heart issues. And he actually died in the way that I hope to go. And so uh, he died in the chapel before the Blessed Sacrament, mm. praying his breviary. And so, <laughs> you know, if you if I he die, died, you like get a here. Boss. Translation, you, you, he died like a boss. You better get to this rectory. You better update <laughs> my cell phone, make sure my breviary app's on the right on the right day. You better go through all my books, put all the ribbons. And drag your body you, to the chapel? <laughs> you better pull my body upstairs, expose the Blessed Sacrament, and then take a picture say, I found Father Josh Johnson. His cell phone was on the right page of the breviary. The books had all the ribbons there. And look at him lying prostrate before the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> <laughs> but prostrate because I just threw your body on the floor. <laughs> just throw me and let me out there. Cruciform oh, too God. with a rosary in one hand and my breviary in the other hand. <laughs> Look, uh, I, uh, I don't know if I should say this or not. This might be bad. It might be good. Yeah, I want to be a saint. I think we're all called to be saints. I don't need Absolutely. to be a saint. I don't need to be a canonized saint. I'm happy to be with be with the, the Lord in heaven. Y'all, but don't but, buy but that. But he <laughs> wants to be canonized. He wants to be canonized. But just he in wants, case. Like, he's wants a reserved I, five rows of nuts. I try to live weeping, a life that is canonizable. <laughs> I go to confession every single week. I Recently, I um I went to go visit a parishioner who's sick, and, and I flew in a very small airplane to get to them, and it was just mm. me and the pilot in the plane we were up in the air and it hit me I was like oh my gosh like I don't know how to fly a plane like if we die if we if we crash there's there's no relics of me because my body will be burnt <laughs> and so then he texted me and was like you need to collect some no, of my hair what, what I said was this is I texted I, I, well I think I told Father Ruben I said I just want you to know I went to confession 
I'm in a state of grace. So <laughs> if anybody's worried, like I'm, 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 I'm good. But I also, um, I pulled out pieces of my hair and I gave it to Prisha said, just in case I don't make it, this is the only relic left of me is these three pieces of but hair. Listen, this is beautiful because <laughs> Father Josh does live like live the day in mind that like he wants to be a saint which I is do. why I was told him the other day which is why your tweets are never spicy <laughs> his tweets are never spicy because he text, knows what my text messages are yeah so. we're about to burn the sim card <laughs> I'm about to call I'm about to delete all my phone <laughs> <laughs> No, Archbishop I do. I, pray for us. Pray for us. <laughs> but oh, real quick, fun fact before we go: if you too want to be a saint, just heads up, like be aware of what you of what you post, because whenever it's you true. die, the Vatican is going to look into everything you've written, not just your letters and your, but all your emails and all your text messages, all your tweets. Amen. So while you out there tweeting like a thug, like don't forget that that might prevent you from ever. Not that because again, the goal is to get to heaven. So like, it, like we shall be content with just being a saint but but again but it's the gift of being canonized members of the body of Christ is we can inspire other people uh, to fall in love with Jesus and if so, you're like me and got a smart aleck mouth you're gonna have to hold out for martyrdom <laughs> <laughs> but I do I ain't gonna lie I do think that's how I'm gonna die I have this like this 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 real this feeling that I'm gonna die a martyr um, but it ain't gonna be anytime soon so um, but we'll see what happens a white martyr red martyr whatever comes comes Archbishop Fulton Sheen pray, pray for, for us. us until next time we'll see you in the Eucharist Deuces.